Hello, this is Buke from the Nine Circles audio thing doing another interview, this time with, with Max Phelps of Exist. How's everything going today, brother? Great. It is a pleasure to speak to you. I appreciate the time as a as one Marylander to another Marylander. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the time today. Uh, as we are deep in this uh, virus pandemic, the hot <laughs> summer right right now. Everything found you and yours, uh, you and the band, safe during these crazy times, first off? Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Uh, well, we're all, like, full-time musicians, like, both teaching or freelancing, so our, so our incomes are a little slashed, but but we're all doing We all seem to be managing, so. You all seem to be managing. Yeah. So the reason why people are wondering exists, who, who are those? If for those of you not familiar with this band, you guys came on my radar back in 2017 with the release of So True, So Bound. That was, I don't remember exact month that that came out. But like, uh, June? Yeah, okay. but yeah. yeah, yeah, June. But man, when that album came out as a, as a prog guy, as a tech def guy and everything, it was one of those albums that came through and just knocked me off my, my damn feet. Um, and then, admittedly, so be it some personal, major personal changes in my life and just the sheer amount of music. Uh, no disrespect to you guys, but I had totally not forgotten about you guys or written you guys off, but you had kind of fallen into other bands that I listened to. And then, what was it, last week, a promo for Egoista came uh, into my mailbox. And... You guys were back on my top freaking nonstop spin since then. So how have these last couple years found you guys, Max? And with us talking with uh, Egoista about the set release August 28th, how is Exist looking right now? And how have things been the past couple years for you guys? Uh, pretty good, I'd say. I'm, I mean, we've, uh, we weren't really touring before releasing So True, So Bound. Um, and actually, we hadn't played live in a really, really long time before that, uh, basically since putting out our debut album. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been pretty good. We uh, we did a tour then with Goreguts, um, who we like idolized. So that was really awesome. And then Obscura took us out uh, on a really good package with um, with Beyond Creation and Archspire and Inferi. And uh, and then like we've done some other 
littler tours kind of since then. Like we we went out with Beyond Creation, and I don't know if you're familiar with like any of these bands like Equipoise or uh, Wormhole. Definitely yes. recommend both of them. Yeah, um, especially if you're into the kind of tech that's seen. Yes. Uh, and then we just did a little run in February, like right before everything hit the fan with uh, a band called Replicer and Monotheist. Yes. You know what? It's so fun. I love how all these bands come together because you just mentioned Replicire, and I had met and interviewed a former member of theirs, Evan uh-huh. Barry of Wilder Run. Oh, okay. okay. I just interviewed him, and he was with them for a short time when their first album was, was he out. The vocalist? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool, cool. Yes. Cool. So it's so funny how metal is this world where everybody kind of, it's like this network. Everybody is in different bands and stuff like, like, like that. Yeah. There's a lot of that. (laughs) And in fact, like members of, of your band have been in other bands. So like we were just talking before I hit the re record button here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we, we all, we all do a bunch of stuff real. So I, you know, I, that leads me to a real interesting question. First off, do you know, I guess maybe on the with larger bands, it has pulled kind of some bands apart at the seams. Sure. I, have there ever been any problems with people deciding to do work with other bands, or do you support people whatever they want to do? Uh, I I would say the latter because yeah. we all are very you know we're we're all pretty serious musicians. First off, like we all do other stuff for income that's all music related right so you know so like alex our bass player you know most of his income is he it he is mostly freelancing so you know there's he's already playing all these like wedding gigs and then you know and then he plays a lot of jazz gigs and you know that whole world is just playing with different musicians constantly um and i and i do that same stuff uh you know, for me, it's teaching is probably my bigger source of income, but I do do the freelance thing um, as well. And then, it's, you know, so that by itself, uh, you know, and then like for we've all kind of done these other touring opportunities, you know, so like Exist has been together with the three, the three of us, uh, Matt, the other guitarist and Alex, bass player and I, you know, we've been playing together since probably like 2009 or something. And, you, you know, with the th- the, just the three of us and various drummers. And, um, you know, I, since, since then I, I was playing with Cynic, touring with Cynic and uh, doing like the death to all tour. And then Alex was playing for a while. He, you know, he was doing touring with Jeff Loomis and, uh, you know, we've both played, kind of been involved <laughs> with defeated sanity. And so it's like, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah, we've always supported each other doing that shit. Like it's, it's ultimately good for the band. Yeah. And so everybody just needs other kind of creative outlooks like exist, you know, I'm the primary writer for it. And, but Alex writes as well with his project Svengali, you know, now that's a new thing that he does. And he's always been put, you know, he has another really sick band I'd recommend checking out. Um, called Talking Points, which is comprised of, I don't know how active they are now, but, you know, they're comprised of what I think are some of the best musicians in the Baltimore area. Um, And, uh, you know, and then, yeah, Brody joining the band, he already was involved, you know, he's already 
playing in Seder and Proliferation, which are like, you know, those are his high school bands. You know, they're they're pretty important to him. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it it is it. Is, I I I have to. Yeah, you know, a couple minutes ago, I I laughed because it's it is. It, I I I find it so cool how. As a as a fan myself, who just runs a, a a silly podcast and does interviews from time to time, yeah. Um, you know, you're mentioning some of the biggest bands and artists that I've followed for years, and it's so cool. You're like, yeah, you know, work with Cynic or you know, you know, was Alex with uh, Jeff Loomis there and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, you know, just throwing out these bands, like, ah, you know. I mean, it's definitely. <laughs> Yeah, don't, I'm not trying to like, undermine you know, but exactly, but you, you know, know what I'm saying. For all, you know, those were like Cynic and Death were like absolute favorites of mine, you know. And and at the time when I got involved with Cynic, they were, I would say, they were my favorite band. You know, they're still on my list of you know favorites, and you know, obviously, they're a huge influence on Exist. So it's like, um, you know, and 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 same with like him working with Loomis, like you know, like Nevermore for me was like, you know, another one that was just absolutely huge as far as influence so but uh yeah i don't know it's you know that's all stuff that why would we not support each other doing that you know yeah you know it's it's you just said it why would we not but unfortunately you know you do hear bands poured apart over yeah. anim over animosity of uh well there's of time constraints too you know and 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 i i wouldn't be so you know i like with a guy like Brody, he's so fucking good. Like I wouldn't, ex you know, I'd, I'd expect we're going to be needing to sub him out at points, you know, but it's kind of, you know, that's up to him yeah. too, and, you know, but it's at the, whatever, like that's what happens. Now, I would be remiss if, if I didn't mention it, were you with Cynic when Sean was still alive before he passed away? Did, were you filling yeah. in for them then? Well, he just, okay. he just, you know, that was this year. That yeah. He passed away. And he, yeah. So I, I spent, and, and he played with, depth all too because him and you know paul and him were the guys who brought me into that because of my involvement with cynic so yeah yeah how how any anything you guys say about about uh sean any, any words there just that hasn't been already said in the metal community god um, people have wonderful things about him yeah he was amazing and he was a yeah. good friend and you know it's yeah it's devastating it's you know it's <laughs> there's not yeah i feel like there's not much i, I can say say yeah, yeah because it's like yeah it's it's still you know that was just one of those weird left of field things that was just like fuck you know and and i i probably to be honest hadn't talked to him in the better part of a year you know just because we weren't really actively working together and um and but he was somebody that i would say there was a point where i was pretty close to him and yeah. uh and yeah it's uh it sucks, man. It, it you, sucks. You know, it's the, you know, we look at the, we look at his passing. We look at everything going on in the, the world now. Um, just a, a, a good reminder, everybody, you know, make sure everyone, you know, who's, who you love and you care about, make sure uh, they know how special they are to you. Yeah. Um, I agree with so, that. So, uh, why we are talking here on the release of uh, your guys' new album, Ego East, the next month. I was reading here in the notes for this that you guys actually had had a bunch of these tracks already, almost in like, almost a rough form, done before this album was even finished, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So 
um, you guys brought in Brody on drums and sound like he added a, like a finishing touches on a bunch of these, these tracks. Yeah. Kind of. Well, I mean, he added his own touch as a player, you know, so there's like, you know, the, the, there's the writing, which is, I, I look at it in different layers, I guess. And there's, you know, the initial parts and sort of structure of everything. And then there's always a layer of things that happen sort of on top of that in terms of, you know, say, Alex uh, Weber, the bass player, you know, he, he's he's improvising a lot of his parts or or, you know, he might be adding lines that are developed in terms of, you know, sometimes it's improvised, sometimes it's just stuff that is kind of this extra layer and the drums are the same, you know, so it's like there's these core drum parts and sometimes and there's a combination of things because actually two of the songs were the drum parts were largely written by uh, Matt Kleiss, the drummer who played on Sunlight, you know, because we were working at the time of his departure, we were working on this stuff. And, um, you know, so, but then, and then there's a lot of stuff that, that, uh, that I'll write, you know, kind of bare bones drum parts for. And sometimes I want them to be more literal. And then sometimes, you know, it's, they're more bare bones and it's meant to be something that could be more improvised or needs to be, you know, I'm also not a drummer, so it's like, you know, <laughs> not everything that I uh, think of is is practical as far as uh, what a drummer might do. And but but also, yeah, there's always room for a player to add their voice on top of that. And so, yeah, I would say that his his drumming had a really, really big impact. And there was always room to try to incorporate that. And we spent a lot of time, Brody and I, kind of bouncing stuff back and forth. You know, we're were remote so it was a lot of times us bouncing back and forth transcriptions and then uh until we kind of had things refined to a point where it was like he was ready to perform it and then he came up here and we tracked the parts but max yeah i i have to ask because i i have not had the pleasure of interviewing uh a lot of a lot of the interviews that i do Maybe because it's just about availability with bands. A lot of them have been more on just the straight tra traditional death metal side. So it's a pleasure yeah. to, to talk to somebody like yourself playing really my wheelhouse mm -hmm. of of music here. When you, when, when, when you sit down to write music uh, that I would say is as complex, like this is not a freaking um, little like sitting down at a musical dinner table here. This is not like a little two, two course meal, right? It's, your guy's music here is a freaking like, you know, you know, you would maybe know this restaurant here in town. We have this world famous restaurant called vault here in uh, Frederick, yep. Maryland. That's, <laughs> well, that's, I've never actually sat down there. I've never, <laughs> I've never sat down there. That, that, but. that this is one of those restaurants that they bring you like 33 courses. Like it's right. a, it is the freaking man. Like, your music is so complex. There are just one song has so many different pieces to it. Yeah. yeah. That when when you sit down to write this, how do you even start to come up with like I'm looking here at like the the times of this these albums like uh, two tracks I'm seeing here are running in the ten minute mark. Yeah. How do you sit down to write something like that? Um, well, it's not like, you know, it takes time. It's not, it's not all like. Some would say it takes at least 10 minutes to write something like that. It takes at least like 10 that. minutes to write a 10-minute <laughs> song, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
I don't know. I, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't try to think too much about the complexity of it, you know, and, and actually sometimes like when I see something turns out really long, I'm, I'm kind of upset because I'm just like, God damn it. Cause I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be, I'm actually trying to be concise with things. Okay. Um, but also I think that music in a way sort of exists like uh, the way that we perceive time isn't necessarily just the same as a number of like what concrete time is when it, you know, and I think that, so I'm not really looking at the timestamp when I'm doing it. I'm trying to just be as direct as possible in terms of cutting out the fat or trying to make things feel necessary for the experience. But it's at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man, that's just how it kind of turns out. You know? okay, now <laughs> I, you know, we talked before the recording started, we're both Opeth fans. I'm going to reference yes. them here. You and I, you know, I could say that we love them because their music is a, just a, a, a musical journey. And I'm yeah. using them as an example because some of my members on staff here, while they're friends of mine, we we vary in opinions because I love music. If a track runs long, like you can give me Black Rose Immortal and I'll sit here with a big fucking shit eating grin on my face just enjoying the whole 20 minutes of it. Yeah, totally. But some of my staff members here they would see your 10 minutes here and no matter, even if it's a complex song, they'd be like, Oh God, 10 minute track. Yeah. I, I, I love, I personally, maybe it's a, I think the longer a song is in this genre that we love really allows you guys to, to have your abilities and your skills shine because each song is a little metal journey. Like I, I love grindcore like the next person, but, I don't think grind and some of these other genres with their short track length can really be all that complex. Maybe my ears aren't tuned to it as much, but uh, I I love the song length. But to me, it just always surprises me how a band like you guys could do ten minute songs or something like like this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think writing long songs is necessarily like. I actually think in some ways, if you can write really well developed short songs like i actually think in a way that's more of a skill because it's like i don't know but it's also different for every threshold's different for that so it's like i don't really judge things based on that too much you know um okay i just know in my experience like it's it's actually i don't know it's 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 really different for everyone man and but i mean there are bands that do write you know just like the kind of more traditional like like dude there's this band that i have you checked out azusa at all i believe i've heard the name but i can't say it to remember me check out azusa that's a okay. great, great great uh kind of newer band it's um two of the guys from extol that i believe were like kind of the more core members of the group originally uh and then it's uh liam the bass player from dillinger Oh, you know what? I actually had, yeah, their Loop of Yesterday's album. Is that, yes. Yeah, that's the new one, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and their album, Heavy Yoke. Yes, yeah, that was, so that was the first one, and then there's the, yeah. Um, and what's that singer from? She's from, I, I actually still haven't really checked out the band that she's. I love this. I I love you. I could. I love new music. Recommend. Oh, I love this. So so I love this band. 
And uh, like, I think they're just one of the coolest newer metal bands. Um, but you know, they write these incredibly okay. short songs, and I and I just think it's so. They're so good at writing these really. To a uh, Max, to ready to jump to jump in real quick to uh, go back to a conversation we had before I hit yeah. the re- record button. Uh, oh, yeah. Encyclopedia of Metal says that their uh, draft is pending for their in input. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so we have to see if their page gets updated so we can see what what she is from. Oh, I, I it says right on. Is it like? Yeah, I I should know because I'm because I should have checked it out by now. But <laughs> I'm not absorbing stuff like I used to. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> oh, here but, we go. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, um. Uh, oh, you you have it. I I have it right here. Yep. It just says uh, other projects C plus Air and Jumbo Jet. C plus Air. That was the yeah. And and to be honest, I'm not like overly. I've heard that name a bunch, but yeah. I'm not. You know, I don't know the music, but I should check it out because she's fucking amazing. Like she's, you know, but uh, yeah, regardless, uh, you know, that's I think that's a band that and and they do stuff that harmonically is very complex. I think, of you know, and but it's they 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 compact it into these little, you know, there's nothing unnecessary. Not that like long songs have all unnecessary stuff. But yeah, it just really depends. Now, are you aware because we have coined a term with some of the people who aren't real big prog heads on our site. Uh, forget the band that we were talking about, but they coined the term. This is working man's prog. Are you aware that maybe to, to some people that technical music like yours or real pro- progressive music can maybe be a little over the heads of some people. Yeah. <laughs> very aware of it because I've been trying to promote it for like ten years, and it's. <laughs> but, but the yeah. thing is, to me, I listen to you guys. You know, as somebody who doesn't play anything, I listen to it, and I'm just—it's almost like I'm a you know, I'm a big hockey fan. I can ice skate. I've played hockey, not not well, but I watch like my Capitals play hockey, and I'm speechless when I watch pro hockey players make uh, you know skating on ice skates. Seems so effortless. Yeah, I listen to you guys, or I listen to any other like the Beyond Creation guys. Like I listen to them, and I'm just like, or like Animals as Leaders. Like yeah. I listen to these bands, and I'm just, I'm speechless. I can't understand that how it can go over. I don't know a lick of what you guys are are playing. I just know right. it sounds um, amazing. So right. well, I guess where I'm going with uh, you're aware that this can go over some people's heads, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What? Why do you think that is? You think it's too complex that they can't pick up a guitar themselves and play it? I don't think you need to be able to play music to to dig that. I think it probably helps to appreciate it sometimes. But uh, no, I, I mean every. Well, I mean I teach music, so everybody's. Uh, I mean, first off, some of it's just taste. You know, like some of it's just. I you know it's there's plenty of people that don't also don't want to read up on like science or, or history. Other, okay. You know I mean, like it's, I don't know. And then you can kind of see that with anything or like in comedy, there's some people that like, you know, there's, you've got more mainstream comedians and then you've got headier stuff. And, you know, and I think that's just the same in any kind of art form. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm into a lot of jazz and like, that's even 
there's way less people that want to digest that, especially with some of the modern stuff. You know, that shit that it has a very how, how yeah. How is the jazz community? Are they are they a bunch of like I hate I don't want to use the word elitist, yeah. but is jazz like really are are there like a bunch of like know it alls when it comes to jazz? Like, is it really hard to talk jazz with people? Uh, it depends who you're talking to. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just like it's just like anything else. I mean, you've got yeah, of course there's elitism. Anything that's like a discipline, you know, that's gonna have that people and I honestly think it's just anything that people put a lot of passion into is is gonna be subject to people becoming elitist from it. And that's not right. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but <laughs> it's just yeah, just ha- I mean, like I think prog metal fans can be super elitist. And I think like Oh, are you telling me? And sometimes with metalheads, it's like to me, it's like kind of worse because it's like, look at the, uh, what is it, the metal encyclopedia? You know, like, like what are their credentials for that? Like, it's even stupider. So it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, it it can definitely be like that. And and you've got tons of different scenes of different people with different opinions, and they all hate each other. And you know, it's like. Yeah, but it's like anything else, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, it is. It is so funny. Like, you know, we talk about metal encyclopedia. Like, we were talking about you how you guys are are criminally not on there, uh, as we, you know, metal fans all over the world use this site to reference. Uh, but bands that some people could argue aren't even metal anymore, like our beloved Op- Opeth, they still can continue to be on there. I think I, they might justify it because, like, they once were. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay, okay. So going back to Egoista that 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 comes out next month. What what can people who loved so true and so bound uh, what can they look forward to hearing on on this new release? Or maybe is it much more of the same? Are you doing anything different with with this new album? Um, it's like I don't know. It's yeah, it's different. It's I would think that most people that like so true so bound are probably gonna like it. Um. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather, honestly, like, if if I was writing something for marketing it, you know, and this is the, why we're not in PR, because I set this up, yeah. she would be like, this is a shitty answer. <laughs> and she's right. But I, I would just say, listen to it and see for yourself. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, you're supposed to be selling the product here. <laughs> no. Yeah, but the people that are already listening, like, if they, you know, at this point, they're probably if they've gotten this far in, they're probably yeah, exactly. If fans aren't uh, turned off by uh, by my blabbering more than thirty seconds in, they know what they're listening to. Uh, you guys have a uh, video out for Spotlights Glow that if people want to uh, know what to what you guys are about, that's a great place to uh, start. Um. You guys have had a new lineup change here, Brody. When did he come into the band on on drums? Uh, he started playing with us when we toured with Obscura in 2018. Okay, and how did did that? He came in, and everything's been. He obviously he's still part of the band, so everything's been good, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's awesome. No, yeah, it was it was kind of good because it was like. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, with something like that, it's a pretty delicate sort of thing. And we've all been doing this long enough that it's like, 
I, I guess I guess doing a full tour with him and then actually multiple, you know, because I guess we've done these other little runs since then. And but, you know, it was a good way to just kind of feel out personalities and kind of see what we were all about. And he fit in really well and we love him as a person. And, you know, he's an amazing drummer. Yeah, you know, look, looking here at the comments, I don't know if you read ever read comics online because, you know, you'll find five people saying glaring things about you guys. And then you'll see five people who hate you guys. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some people said, you know, don't it's fucking so pe- pe- people are stupid. But the one glaring thing that people say about you guys is how nice of a band you are and how 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 down to earth, which is on numerous videos of 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 yours. So they just, they just don't know us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a, a couple weeks back, I I uh, interviewed Evan Barry from Wilder Run. He is a Berkeley uh, music school grad. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, the uh, the whole band is. What is your okay. musical background? Are you uh, trained uh, school? Are you you know educated in musically? Or are you just self taught? Uh, no, I'm definitely not self-taught. I started to go for a music degree in jazz performance, um, but I I ended up dropping out actually around when the cynic thing happened, so I wasn't really doing it for like too long. But uh, there was also a period before that where I was just like working in warehouses for you know for a while, and 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 I I would study I studied with a ton of different private instructors, including a guy in Frederick, Maurice Arenas, who is kind of known as like the teacher's teacher and he's a he's a former new york studio musician and just kind of this encyclopedia of uh it's kind of scary because he's he's one of those guys who he knows all the jazz stuff but he also is like equally adept at classical and i think he has his masters from peabody uh you know and and was like one of the first guitar students there to have a full ride i think and like he's yeah he's 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 pretty terrifying just in terms of the amount of knowledge he knows. And um, so, but I studied with him and, and like three or four other teachers. um, And uh, I still study music like crazy, but yeah, I just, you know, and, and I did go to school for a little while, but I dropped out because, um, because of the touring opportunities. And then I started teaching privately and it was kind of like, okay, well, if I do that and spend all that money, you know, and, and have loans forever, then, uh, it's I'm just going to end up doing this same thing that I'm doing with that degree anyway. And I can do that for way cheaper, just studying privately with people. Okay. But I would say, you know, I would say everybody in the band, at least or at least me and uh, Alex and Matt, all have a ton of formal training under a belt. OK, now I I have to ask, this is so interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this uh, conversation here. Um, as somebody who's never really listened to jazz ever. Yeah, yeah. But I go to record shops and I see a ton of it. Right. What is it about jazz that interested you? Almost that where you wanted to pursue it and get a degree in it, or what is it about jazz music that that you you like playing? Uh, well, as far as like as far as listening, it's it's not the kind of thing that I I don't know. I think I sort of just segued into it through. You know, because I came kind of more from the metal and and prog. I was always like a big prog guy, and that's not. You know, that's not the same thing at all, but there's sort of an overlap, I think, in the fusion stuff. So when I was in high school or like just out of high school, I started, you know, I started listening to like Mahavishnu Orchestra. And actually, my parents always exposed me to that. So I I guess 
like those first two albums I was already familiar with and and uh like some of the Chick Korea stuff and then and then when I was like probably like 18 or 19 and I was studying with this teacher he introduced me to Alan Holdsworth and you know that just blew my mind and then, you know that's fusion it's not really like jazz jazz but it's derived from more of the same language and uh and you know from there I just became interested in that and the improv side of things and the theory behind that kind of harmony and that sort of denser sort of sound and uh that just kind of led to me going down that rabbit hole and and you know when you, I think when you study music formally it's sort of you know I think most people who get into jazz like it does come from the school side of things you know and and so it's like yeah it started with that fusion stuff which just kind of comes more from the program and then you know I just kind of went more down the rabbit hole of listening to to traditional jazz and you know all the kind of way order and- do, do you get the same enjoyment playing your material or other bands metal music as you do when you play jazz i mean honestly in a way i feel like the jazz stuff is a little more enjoyable to play in a really? dude they're really different yeah but i would say because because you're improvising so it's more about this on the fly like communication with the other musicians and so it's you're creating on the fly and there's this sort of what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen and there's an interaction that comes with that that i think is a little yeah i find i find that a little more satisfying but it's i also, think that's kind of, i i think that's kind of the same reason why people drop acid and go to fish show, shows they wonder <laughs> <laughs> they wonder what's 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 going to happen different yeah, when they kind of. Yeah, I never got like, too into the jam band stuff. Fish, I mean, Fish are incredible musicians. But you know, you have these people, you have these people who tape thousands of Fish shows, so yeah. there must be something yeah, different. Yeah, from that like Grateful Dead culture, but yeah. yeah, it's sort of the same thing. I think I think the jazz stuff is a little harder for most people to stomach, yeah. you know, and but it's yeah, it's sort of the same ideology. Okay, you know? but you, but you know, this is so interesting to talk about. It. Max, you you rounded off some interesting metal artists or projects to check out where would somebody if you said buke hey, listen to this music where would you say start with jazz if if a guy like myself or people listening knowing who maybe like a lot of prog or yeah. metal what would you because i've always asked this question before like somebody who likes classical give me like your metal classical bands give me yeah. like a metal jazz artist or band that somebody should start to listen a, to a metal jazz band or, or no like something with like the, a metalhead who yeah. wanted to get into jazz would listen to well i think for that it's definitely the fusion stuff you know okay. more like i i think that's usually the gateway and who would those artists be um so i i mean i'll always say alan holdsworth just because okay. you know that's one of my favorite artists of all time but but then like yeah mahavishnu uh, orchestra like those albums are great but then there's a lot of modern jazz guys that um it's i think it's harder music to, for a lot of people to listen to but it's at the same time it's you know there's there's a lot of stuff that's like pretty heavy so like like there's a guitarist uh ben monder that i would totally recommend checking out he's got this project with this it's this these two piano players uh um craig taborn matt mitchell and then this drummer dan weiss uh Oh, and then the bass player from uh, from Mr. Bungles actually in this band. It's called Stare Baby. 
Um, <laughs> stare as in like S-T-A-R-E. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's a little out there for most people, but I can totally hear like little hints of like gore guts and defeated sanity in that stuff. And I know that there's, you know, I know those guys are like into a lot of that. And that was yeah. almost the intention of that band, but those are all artists. All the artists on that would be good ones to check out. Um, um, I guess if you, you know, for stuff that's not as like fucked up as that, maybe like Donnie McCaslin is a saxophone player. That might be kind of cool to check out. Okay, now how does, okay. Like we know our fucked up metal stuff, you know, like you have like the real, like, hardcore death like you can't even like make out the lyrics that, that yeah. people are are you can't even make out the words all it sounds like sounds like freaking uh like cookie mind like you know like yeah, frogs yeah, like, singing what's what 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 could what makes jazz fucked up um is it like weird that, hives? Yeah, I, think, I think if i if you listen to that band that i just said, okay. Like, okay okay I, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 dissonant. It's you know the harmony comes from it's it's stacking this harmony that's probably you know some of it isn't really that. It kind of depends on what area you're talking about and where it's developed. Because there's also like you know the stuff I'm mentioning like is shit that there's plenty of guys kind of in that older mentality who are just like bebop purists who like hate this. But even that stuff was like stepping a little more out as far as, you know, the just the use of like even just then like chromaticism or just like um, these kind of fatter, you know, even if they're just seven. Okay. Chords, like, you, you know, know I, I am so music. It's still. Yeah, I am so naive to jazz that when I hear anybody speak jazz, I instantly yeah. go with like Louis Armstrong. Like I instantly yeah. go with like you're, so you're just traditional jazz, bebop, which is. Yeah. And then and then bebop is where things started to kind of like maybe cross, you know, like the Charlie Parker stuff and kind of onward, I think is when that stuff started to maybe cross over to being less like commercial music and more just kind of going into, you know, the same way that maybe you could say metal is kind of, at least when you get into like some of the extreme forms of metal, like, you know, I think something like Defeated Sanity or Gorguts is like pretty past the point of, you know, being like commercial music, whereas like metal originally did start as being commercial music. Yeah. You know. So um, okay, now, do does like classical guitar do anything for you? Yeah, I, I yeah sure, but I but I don't I haven't explored it nearly as much. I studied okay. it for like a year, you know, but it was also like on top of doing a whole bunch of other shit, and it's just something that I've never really devoted the time to both listening to and doing you know classical okay. music maybe a little more in general you know like there's composers that i like but it's not it's not something that i you know i would say like maybe shostakovich is an influence on on like uh this new album you know probably a pretty direct yeah, yeah but max this is you maybe know talk but this is this is i could talk hours for about this this is when when you get to a level of uh, artists like yourself are and your 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 bandmates and stuff like this you know for you or matt to, to play or even alex on bass to to play a solo you could do a solo in your your sleep does yeah yeah re relatively you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah, for you guys to hammer out something is is nothing uh I don't is, know, 
is, but is that maybe why some of the jazz and stuff is kind of maybe more exciting to play at times? Because when you've done all that you you can do, no, no, no. because I, I it's not the complexity that excites me in itself. It's just the spontaneity of it, really. Ah. It's really just that. Yeah, and 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 by the way, writing for me is equally as exciting. It is as that. Okay. It's not. No, writing, I fucking, I mean, I think that's what I really excel at. And I think that's really my muse, you know, is just writing music. And also, you know, I have a lot of interest in just making simple, like, poppier music. And I oh, actually, okay. yeah, and I record a lot of stuff that just I don't think is appropriate for exist. But I almost, in that sense, think of myself as, you know, maybe just wanting to be more like a songwriter or something. But, you know, and that's equally as exciting. But I think what it really is, is just, just the creative process, right? And so, like, writing, you're doing the same thing where you're exciting yourself and you're just kind of saying, like, oh, that's kind of neat. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, this is something that there's something I hear that resonates with me. And, oh, when I actually start to flesh it out, like, oh, shit, that's really cool. Like, where's this going to go next? And I think improvising is the same thing. It's just in real time, you know? And because yeah. in real time, there's maybe limitations as far as, how that can go compositionally, although there's guys who are really amazing, like it's really incredible what they can do in real time, you know, communicating with each other too. And there's the communicative aspect, which is not necessarily in composition the same way, although you could have guys collaborating. Um, so no, it's not, it's not really like that at all. It's really just like that compared, I think we were talking more about live performances yes. when we were talking about that. And when you perform like a metal set, it's like you're I wouldn't say you're running through the motions because you're feeding off the energy. The energy from the crowd is that's something that can be really exciting. I mean, you know, I've got I get to fly like death songs in front of like <laughs> clubs and, yeah. you know, and people are religious about that music. And, and that's something really special. And there's a different sort of thing I feed off of for that, you know, which is partially just the love from other people who, you know, you maybe I've played the song the last 20 nights as well but it's you know but you see people reacting and you feel that energy that's a different thing you know stepping in there you just mentioned it um you know playing death stuff you know uh, uh tragically you know the metal world lost chuck way too yeah. way too young way yeah, too man. you know yeah. generations for forever will miss his music yeah you know, at at least with with dio we got dio till he was you know almost 70 80 we got yeah. long run out yeah. of dio Chuck unfortunately passed real young. Yeah. From a guitarist and a songwriting standpoint, how do you think Chuck's legacy was as a musician and a writer? How I, was his legacy like? Yeah, you know his music. So, like, is his music as as amazing as it is as a fan of his to listen as an artist? Is it as is it as amazing as a as a casual listener? is blown away by i know my sometimes yeah. my my questions don't make sense no no, no. A, I, think, I think i get what you're saying yeah well, you're like kind of asking maybe from a like an analytical standpoint yes compare that to the thing is first off that doesn't matter at all it's not relevant because what's really relevant is how it resonates with people and that's something that you can't really put your finger on it doesn't matter how far you go into like understanding theory so like yeah if i wanted to be like a snob i could look at the chuck <laughs> songs and i could be like 
oh yeah, well, like he just, you know, every song is like A, B, C, D, you know, in terms of how he yeah. organizes it. But it really doesn't fucking matter because we all felt that thing from it that we did. And yeah. you can have hundreds of other bands that imitate that and try to do that. And you could try to do that from like a science experiment part of things and try to do it analytically. And it's not going to be the same fucking thing. And so there's something there. And I think like, you know, in that sense, like, um, what do you think was made him so special? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. That's just a personality thing. Like some people just have that. I don't, I really don't. I mean, like, so there's probably metalheads that would rip their head, their hair out of this, but like, I've heard Steve DiGiorgio kind of say, like, yeah, he was like, you know, he wasn't like the the ultra technical guy in some ways, you know, um, but he he was almost maybe in a sense like more like a Kurt Cobain, you know, like, but there and there's different levels of that, you know, but it's like, but if you were to like hold him up to like the level of like modern metal guitar playing now, you know, like a guy like Jason Richardson, as far as like technical ability or like, you know, just some other like, you know, if I took like a guy who analytically writes really complex music, you know, uh, you know, like an Alan Holdsworth or something like that. It's yeah, he's not that, but it doesn't fucking matter because the thing is you're singing his riffs. Like people sing those riffs at those shows. It's insane. It's like a choir, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's something I can never speak on because I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it. So you would know, obviously. You can imagine. I mean, it's the same with a band like Opeth. It's the same with, you know, like that's just music that there's, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the larger goal of music for, you know, most of the time, it this can be subjective too, but it's uh, it's an experience, right? And and you feel something from it. And like, we've all, you know, I know me personally, like, you know, I, I discovered that music, you know, when I was probably like, I, I'm i trying to think of when I got into death. It was like probably around like late high school. What was uh, your first death album? Do you remember? So my first, the first, I, I was starting to play music with some other guys and one of the guys wanted to cover lack of comprehension. Um, so I guess you would technically be human, but the first one that like, I really, and this was like at the point of like starting to torrent stuff, but we all still were passing around burnt CDs and we were all still buying stuff, you know? So it was like kind of this weird combination of, you know, I would have a CD binder that was like half burnt CDs <laughs> and like some of them a friend gave to me. And then some of them were the CDs that I bought that, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, probably half at least. Cause that I was, was a magical time <laughs> at, uh, Oh, what was it? What was the record? The music store. It was our records record and tape traders Record and tape traders. on, yeah. yeah on, yeah. on, on route, on route 40. Yeah. When I was like yeah. Yeah, 41, yeah. that was where I would yeah. go like, spend my paycheck. Like every, <laughs> you know, when I, you know, when I was like right out of high school, like every yep. week I was going and, yep. and just check out album covers. But yeah, regardless at that point, um, like Symbolic, by the way, was the first album that really yes. kicked my ass. Oh, that mine too, one. buddy. Mine yeah, too. I think I, Human was the first one I was introduced to, but like Symbolic was the first one I really like digested. Um, and, you know, and so I was a later guy who, you know, a lot of the older fans, you've got these divisions between like the old schoolers. Is this what, like 17, 18 year old? For what? When? For when you when this was happening, when you were getting yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Like God, um, what do you think 18 year old you would have said to like look yeah like look where le- life would have taken you years yeah. later yeah i would have been pretty happy to know that oh uh, 
That's a you bad know, trail right there. You know, talking about like your music and other uh, bands in the similar vein, I think, you know, as, as you were talking, I was thinking how to listen to, like, here we are again on the, the eve of uh, Egoista about to come out. Yeah. I, I think the problem why some people maybe can't digest it and how I recommend people listen to your last album and this new one, which I highly recommend people go out and buy. There's a couple vinyl colorways here that I am going to buy. Um, I think the problem is music. It's, it's, it's always been the background activity for people doing a varying degree of activities. If it's mowing the lawn, driving to yeah. work. I think the music that we really listen to the tech stuff or the prog stuff. I don't think it can be, I don't think it's done justice. If it's, if it's not the focus in itself. Yeah. I think, I think your guys' music really shines in music, in vinyl form, of course. Mm -hmm. But if you put on your CD or your, you stream it and you just sit there on the couch or wherever, and you just listen to the music and you have that be the activity by itself. I think that's really where it shines. Yeah, I would kind of think that, too. I, I would think that. And I think that a lot of the music that I like is probably more like that, you know, because um, I used to I used to just go drive like when I, you know, like when like I would just go. Now I don't want to drive ever because like, you know, <laughs> it's more of a necessity. But like, <laughs> um, you know, and I would just like if, we're, if I got a new album, I would just go drive and I'd like waste gas and just like, you know, just yep. absorb it. Or, or, yeah, I would just sit there and, you know, like when I got something new especially that i was excited about you know and unfortunately now i feel like i don't know if it's age or just or maybe it's because i'm uh like doing music all day you know and working on music all day and then it's like you know when i am not i'm just sometimes i just want like silence i still absorb stuff but it's not at the rate i used to okay now i i but, i have to ask you you know because you just mentioned it and you mentioned it a couple of times when you teach music are you yeah. teaching a wide range of ages yes. you know kids yeah. to yep. okay as a father of of a you and know music a, too. wide okay. wide range of music yes. they don't, they're not metalheads they don't as, know i am mostly as as a know. as a six as a father of a six-year-old in different music and stuff like this what's is there like a current trend you're seeing new students come to you and want to want to be like or want to want to do um how is teaching now? Like in terms of what music they like? Yeah. Like, like what music like, it's like? like? Yeah, like, like I, I guess, you know, when, you're when, when people come to you, are kids saying, oh, I want to be like such and such, or I want to play like such and such, or, or, or I guess at its roots, is teaching guitar still the same as it was when you were learning? I don't know because I wasn't teaching it back then. Okay, well, the way you were being taught. Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would say, like, there's more uh, oversaturation of music. And also, like, I mean, I guess, like, guitar is not as cool, probably, as it used to be. Because but, it's not it's not some kids banging their heads waiting for the, the bass to drop in an electronic song. Right, yeah, but, exactly, exactly. Or, like, yeah. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I, I can take that stuff and translate it to guitar. So, like, you know, and sometimes that's a gateway for people. And it's it's, I don't know, there's... Dude, there's all these weird little pockets. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, when the Queen movie came out, 
Queen went, like, all these kids started getting into Queen. So there's, like, all these kids that always want to learn Queen stuff. Okay. Um, you know, and they're not, like, yeah, I don't know. And then there's, like, I'll have, like, some young students that, like, just are niche, like, into grunge, you know, into grunge or, like, um, I don't know. I just feel like it's, like, a lot of different little pockets of of people that want to, you know, and then there's, yeah, and then I've got, like, some that are more just into, like, you know, kind of the pop stuff. But that doesn't mean that they won't go far with it all the time. Because, like, sometimes just by thinking about music and pursuing it, they'll still kind of get it. You ever have, like, that 12-year-old come in, like, the first or second, like, uh, appointment? They're like, yeah, uh, um, Max, can you teach me Spirit Crusher? And you're like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. I. Yeah. That it happens. There's yeah. plenty of kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, you just get yeah. this big smile on your face. You're like, oh, yes, I can. Most of the time, if that's what they want to learn, like right at first, like they, there's a good chance that they know, you know, they signed up with me because of. But but actually, I've had some coincidental ones who wanted to learn death songs and kind of didn't know that I. <laughs> I don't, I don't like try to pitch it too much i probably should more but you know it's 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 okay um max again the album is 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 coming out next next month yes Uh, vinyl uh are you are you a vinyl guy uh i have an okay amount of vinyls and i have a really shitty record player so i feel that i am not truly able to enjoy them but i always i keep telling myself i'll eventually you know get more into it yeah Okay, is there a a track on the album if fans are uh, who are hearing this interview or who get the album when it comes out? Is there a track you recommend people to start with? Is there a track you're most proud of uh, from you and the guys? Um, there's not one in particular because that I love Infinite Monkey Theorem. I fucking love. Oh, that. you you've heard the whole thing already? Okay, I have. Cool. Yes, I, I didn't even yes. realize that. Okay, sick. Yes. Um. Yeah, we through through, through suffering, flat. what a start of the album that is, bud. You think it's too much for people? No. Oh, <laughs> no. I listened to it again today when my girlfriend was was tanning. And there, you ever look, you ever listen to a song and like you have to like stop and check the time at just because you want to go back and listen to that part over and over again. Like, yes, that was me today again. Oh, that's great, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. But is you. is there a track that you really love? Or you're, I mean, you're I proud think of? that one, that one, I don't know, man. Like, cause the whole thing, it's, there's things about all of them that I think I, uh, I, I feel like consistency wise, you know, I'm pretty proud of the album on the whole. So but I, I guess if I, uh, if I, if for people that aren't familiar with the band or, or, you know, as a first track, I mean, I think I would say spotlights for the tech death guy, you know, for the tech death fans, because that's how we that's how we trick them into getting into you know <laughs> yes and then, uh, and then yeah probably infinite monkey theorem is up there um and lottery i think lottery is a good introduction for like maybe the frog year fans um yeah yeah i don't know i mean I, I i like to think that it's the kind of thing where everybody will have their own favorites you know now, i would be remiss if you know to me this is like we're about to start talking in a different language and it's like the second to last question and i'll let you uh, go sure uh because i've almost taken an hour of your time and i told you i wouldn't go too long but i told it's you okay. i'm a, i told you i'm a uh, chatty kathy this interview's uh, <laughs> a blast uh we have to do a little uh 
equipment talk here for the people who listen. What what is your maybe pride and joy, or what what do you play? What do you play through, or what what helps you get your signature sound? Um, well, I don't have a pride and joy because I've never really been a huge gearhead, and that is a okay. fault. But oh, that that's a fault. Okay, I think that's a fault because I think it's a responsibility. <laughs> But I think that I've just always been so hyper focused on like the music and the playing aspect that, you know, um, so I'm trying to actually kind of get better at that. Mac, but, we're supposed um, to be talking sponsorship deals here. You you need to start being loyal to something. Well, then I don't think they're going to I don't think any of them are going to endorse me anyway. So, <laughs> um, well, actually, so I so I I'm recording and playing live mostly with an XFX, too. Okay. Which I did technically get an endorsement on. <laughs> a nice little discount. Uh, I don't think they, I don't think I'm listed anywhere, but they did actually hook it up to Fractal Audio. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. So and then, but we did. We also recorded with a Kemper on a lot of the album, which uh, the other guitarist plays a Kemper. Um, so yeah, it's it's digital stuff. You know, I don't know that it's. I'm not far enough into have a strong opinion on the digital versus tube argument. I kind of get both sides of both. I understand the analog snobbery thing, um, but I, I'm not principled about any of it. So uh, yeah, it's an Axe Effects to that I'm using. And part of the album is that. And then a lot of it is Matt's Kemper and then uh, guitar. I uh, That stuff, I recorded all my stuff with a Steinberger, um, which is the Steinberger that, you know, I play it all the time. I played it in that Spotlights video. I play live with it most of the time for the Exist stuff. And uh, uh, it's, I actually, I bought it off of Paul Masvidal, who let me borrow it for a long time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I borrowed it from for like years. And, you know, when I was getting involved with Cynic and, uh, and I just love that guitar. It's one of the newer Steinbergers. It's a Gibson made Steinberger, but, you know, with some Steinberger, purists don't like as much but you know i'm comfortable with it and i'm kind of the kind of guy that adapts to stuff and so uh and i did i did just get a kiesel seven string and i'm kind of looking to do some seven stringing stuff on the next album so and what's your thought on uh headless guitars uh well i always liked headless guitars because of alan holdsworth and cynic you know, and those yep. were idols of mine. So that's that, that that was why I I had to I had to ask. <laughs> However, it's getting a little oversaturated now. Isn't it really? Yes, and it is. Because I'm uh, because I I'm uh, I'm an insecure guy who feels the need to be different than people. I'm not as wooed by it anymore. But headless guitars are sick, and headstocks are cool too. And uh, can we bring it back to like the '80s? Can you can we get like a guitar maybe? I, we can try. We can try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is this has best been so much damn fun talking to you. Yeah, man. Likewise. I, I'm yeah. telling you, this is this is, has been a damn freaking blast here. Uh, the album Egoista. I'm probably if I've butchered it, I'm an idiot. No, you're uh, good. You guys have a band camp. It's out on Prosthetic. It comes out August 28th. Um, you guys, I'm assuming Facebook, every other social media, right? Yes. Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and anybody listening, please follow us on Spotify. Um, cause that's actually the most important thing probably. Really? 
in the modern music era yes to follow on spotify and follow our name, on spotify our follow name on Fox for finding on spotify it's exist uh social media facebook.com slash exist um exist official yeah, fuck i always forget it instagram is exist band official exist underscore band underscore official and then uh bandcamp is exist.bandcamp.com and we have cool stuff for sale um in terms of like vinyl variants and t-shirts and yeah. you know i see him in the the video who was on keyboards in the video so that is our live keyboard player jordan miller Okay. Um, didn't he didn't play on the album, but he performed. He's played with us live on basically every tour we've done. Uh, he does keyboards. He sings. Um, kind of fills up the space because we can't really do it as a four piece properly, and uh, we don't really we don't play the backing tracks, which is I don't know if we'll always do that, but it's an ideology that we kind of like. I like that. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of cool, just filling it all up and. It feels kind of different. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's Jordan Miller, and he's a super talented guy. He's also a talented drummer who plays in a band called Time Columns that is a Frederick band, and he lives in Frederick, and he's a film guy, and he made the music video. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. so he, like, he's, his uh, his girlfriend helped kind of shoot his part. Okay, so, in it. I, I, it's, of course, this new album hasn't even officially released yet. We're too early to, to talk. Any yeah. talk maybe on the third release, maybe him coming in full time, maybe? Possibly, yeah. I, it's not impossible. It I, honestly it just kind of, it kind of just boiled down to like with the recording, it was like there's kind of yeah. what we're doing, and then, yeah, it's 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 totally possible. Because maybe I, we I, like I, him, we just don't like him maybe that much yet. Well, know. no, I mean we've, he's been with us. <laughs> I know, I know. I think it's just but, you know, it's it seems like a mutual situation. Yeah, I, as a guy who loves keyboards, in what keyboardists bring to bands i love it i think it's just a full fullness it, it the it's not backing. all over the album it's not all over you no know, it's, it's not it's not yeah and a lot of times we do like guitar stuff that sounds kind of synthy and it makes more sense to do on the recording with guitars but then live it kind of makes more sense to do that with a keyboard just because i think in a live mix it's a little easier to get that to cut versus three guitars you know sometimes three guitars can get kind of dense so that's kind of a thought behind that hey. but, Max, last last question, and I'm I'm gonna let you go here. Do you have any pro- any problems uh, if people associate you with with other other bands? Uh, forget maybe about exist at first. Has that ever been a thought of yours? That, oh man, they would know me as a cynic guy, but no, look at my look at my work here and they exist. Is that something that you've ever you ever thought of? Well, obviously, uh, that's like more my identity. So it's like you know, but at the same time, like I'd be kind of an idiot to to think that because yeah. you know i feel i you know i play for some crazy bands they're like you know <laughs> yeah. they're also like some of my favorite bands so i i don't think you know i think the death to all thing could always overshadow do, do you get artists around the world reaching out to you saying hey join our band or hey we saw you here we're looking for you here you know um sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah i i mean defeated sanity kind of came from so I did this one EP with them. I don't know if you're familiar. They just put out an album, by the way. They it's did. Fucking insane. Oh, it's amazing! It's incredible. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, yeah. Uh, but but the thing before that, the split with them, you know, kind of came about from that. Yeah. So I, I get people hitting me up for, 
various stuff and often I am open to doing it and it just kind of depends on what else I'm doing and you know and we're all we all have loved ones who it's really you know we all answer to them too so if if they have a problem with our 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 time being gone yeah that's a tough one too. <laughs> yeah, well I'm a psychopath with Max it, it this is this has been one of the best interviews I've ever done I know I say that uh, sometimes but I tell you what this interview was a freaking pleasure God, oh, I'm so, for doing it, man. No. I am so excited to talk prog and tech. I, I could do this for hours. Yeah. Um, Max, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'm going to hit the hang up button here in a second. But for Nine Circles, check us out, ninecircles.co. We're on everything. Uh, check out Exist. Please buy their album. Support these guys. Follow them on Spotify. Follow them. Follow them. Buy their stuff. Max, it was a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thanks, man.